The Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Licio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Licio. Hello, Flagler County. I hope you're staying hydrated because, Rich, it is too dang hot. Oh, yeah, it is burning up out there all week long. Usually you see, you know, 93 and it feels like this. No, it just feels like 100 degrees every single day. And it's outrageous, man. It's just incredible. You can't even go out and hit the driving range. I like to do that these days. You know, Mike, you, you go out and, and, and you try to hit the ball, lift it off the ground, uh, and you struggle and you struggle. And it makes it even worse when that sun is pounding down on you and you're, you're you know, covered in sweat. But, uh, yeah, it's just been hard to do anything out there. Even go to the grocery store. It's so hot. It's impacted local sports, too. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show about how the heat has impacted teams and their practice schedules and things like that. But, yeah, I was coming out of my office the other day at 11 o'clock in the morning, and I thought, man, it's kind of nice out. It don't feel too bad. And I pull up my phone, and the feels like was like 97, and said that's how bad it's been when it feels like 97, and that's a relief. Exactly. Exactly. Usually, and, and these days, you're getting just it. No, 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 no. It is 97. It is 98, but it feels like 105 or 110. It's been absolutely crazy. But you know what? I can see it, Mike. It's not too far away. September, right around the corner. We've got high school football coming up here late August. We're going to get the WNZF season started Friday night. Lights with the Matanzas Pirates and the FPC Bulldogs. And, of course, uh, all NFL fans are excited, but especially Jet fans. We've been talking about it. Possibly the season of a lifetime. I can't ever remember being so excited for a New York Jets season. That's coming up. We're about four weeks away, a little less than four weeks away from the start of the NFL season that is coming up in uh, early September, Thursday, September 7th. And I was thinking about it, Mike. I said, wow, what can the NFL do to ruin opening night for, for a Jets fan or any NFL fan? So excited. We've been waiting for the NFL to come back. How can they ruin that for us? And you know what they did? They put the Lions in the first game of the season. You already ruined every Thanksgiving NFL Thursday with a Lions game. Now you got to ruin opening night on Thursday night with the Chiefs and the Lions. Now, Lions had a big turnaround last year, weeks one through eight. They were one and six, nine through 18, eight and two. Goff looked like possibly an elite quarterback second half of the year last year, but he's going to go up against the top of the top, the top dog, Patrick Mahomes, possibly the best ever, something you could debate. But, but, Week one, we're going to get to see Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs against Goff and the Lions. And, Mike, no Super Bowl champion has repeated since the New England Patriots in 2003-2004. Do you give the Chiefs a chance? As long as number 15's taking snaps of them, absolutely. They have to be the presumptive favorite going in. The Jets are going to contend. It reminds me a little bit of 1999, except I don't think I was feeling this sure about 19 about the Jets as I was as now as I am and as I was in 1999. That was the year. That was going to be our year, Rich. Oh yeah. They've gotten the NFC Championship, the AFC Championship. They brought everybody back. 
Vinny Testaverde was leading that Charlie Weiss offense, moving the ball up and down the field, had great receivers like Wayne Corbett. You had Curtis Martin in the backfield. Keyshawn Johnson on the outside. Yes. <laughs> my I wore my Keyshawn jersey down. I still have my Keyshawn Johnson jersey, which, by the way, last week was Patrick Ewing's birthday. I still have that jersey, too. So um, I was very excited that year. And then as the Jets always do, always, Rich, always, they rip your heart right out of the chest and show it to you while it's still beating. Oh, that was the worst season of all time. Yeah, because you're coming off a 98, which as a Jet fan, you could say is pro- you, you, the only thing you can compare it to is the Rex Ryan years about a decade ago when they went to back-to-back AFC championship games. But so much hope with that Jet team in the late 90s coming off of Richie Kotite and 1-15, in 15, and then you get Bill Parcells, the New York Giant legend, to come in and coach the team, and uh, you have 97, but then in 98, yeah, Vinny, Curtis Martin, Wayne Krebet, Keyshawn Johnson, that team goes 12-4, and four, and I'll never forget, I always talk about it, I'll never forget Terry Bradshaw as we get after the Jets beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, to get into the AFC Championship game. I'll never forget the post game where Terry Bradshaw says the Jets are the elite offense in the NFL. Uh, the only thing that went wrong that season is it should have been a home game. They had to go up to Denver, and of course, things didn't go well. Denver goes on to win a Super Bowl. Jets would have won the Super Bowl that year because, man, they would have beat Atlanta, I think, no doubt. Uh, but they lose to Denver. Denver goes in, and uh, Elway gets his championship. But um, then, yeah, the following year, 1999, Vinny, Achilles, week one, done. We got to watch Rick Meyer and, and Ray Lucas for the rest of the season. And and uh, Bill Parcells would not come back after that. But, yeah, this is the most anticipated season, I agree, since 1999 for the New York Jets. And a lot of teams are, are really excited about the season. I mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I know you moonlight, Mike, as a Jaguars fan. But uh, you get another season of Trevor Lawrence maybe building on what he did last year with the huge playoff comeback against San Diego. That was incredible and uh, really putting himself, uh, Trevor Lawrence and his team in the conversation for uh, a a team that could make some noise in the AFC this year. What about the Jaguars? By the way, every single regular season Jacksonville Jaguar game right here on News Radio WNZF. How about the Jaguars, Mike? I think they obviously they're the favorite in the AFC South. It's not a very good division when you have rookie quarterbacks left and right. And Ryan Tannehill also in Tennessee. I think this is going to be a down year for Tennessee. Derrick Henry showed signs of decline last year. Anthony Richardson still very young. But to hear people tell it, Anthony Richardson had the greatest practice in the history of practices. I was at the Jaguars practice last Saturday and it was hot, but you know, Trevor Lawrence looked good. He, was spreading the ball around, but it's just a practice. I think the addition of Calvin Ridley is going to be huge because that gives the Jaguars another dimension. They had a great year out of Christian Kirk. Zay Jones was very good. Evan Ingram is back at tight end. They've got some weapons, and of course, Travis Etienne in the backfield. And the defense, the defense doesn't have to be great. And it was funny to think about. I just thought about this as I'm talking about the Jaguars defense. I didn't see hard knocks, but I saw a couple of clips, and one of the clips is in the Jets defensive meeting room talking about a throw Aaron Rodgers made. And they're like, our guy is one of the only guys who can make that throw. And it doesn't matter if we have – the word he uses, if a shoelace 
if we if a shoelace breaks or we give up a few points, we're going to be in the game. And that's how you feel about Trevor Lawrence. And I think they're going to ride that confidence into this season. I think Doug Peterson's got the team in a good spot. David, um, Trent Baalke's done a great job as GM, and I can't believe I'm saying that. But the, the um, Jaguars are in position to make some noise this year, and they should get a playoff home game. I'm very much looking forward to being back at TIA Bank Field in January for another Jaguars playoff home game, and maybe two or three, maybe. Well, I hope that's not the case, especially if it comes at the expense of the Jets. But we'll we'll have more NFL here in a little bit, possibly some baseball. I don't want to, but if we have time, we'll get to that as well. Obviously, a Yankee fan does not want to talk about baseball these days. But uh, there is a lot going on here locally, Mike, as we get ready for the start of the season. Yes, so we have football scrimmages happened last night, and we've got Finally, we'll have some games. Players will go and hit somebody else for a change. FPC has their kickoff classic at Atlantic Coast High School Friday night. Matanzas will be at Mainland Friday night. And we'll be off and running from there. And I like that both schools have found challenging teams for a kickoff classic. I think Atlantic Coast is an up-and-coming team. Mainland, as I've mentioned many times in this program, is probably on a collision course with St. Augustine for the regional championship for a right to play in the final four. I think those two teams are heads and shoulders above everybody else in the 3S region. And I like that Matt Forrest has challenged his team. I like Daniel Fish challenging their teams because what do you you don't have a preseason like in other sports where you have a few games and you get to learn some things about your team. You've got two quarters basically, two and a half quarters to really kind of see get a quick assessment of where your team is going into the season. And so why not do it against some good competition? So I'm looking forward to that. And then of course the week after that, both schools are on the road. We'll be off to beautiful live Oak to watch a battle of the Bulldogs for the second straight year. By the end of the year, Rich, we'll have done four battles of the Bulldogs in two years. Oh yeah. And and we always love to end the season with the battle of the Bulldogs with the land and FPC uh, I really enjoy that. So, and we always hope, of course, the Green Bulldogs win the right the, the right Bulldogs. But uh, yeah, we we love those battle of the Bulldogs a hundred percent. And yeah, it, it's important to test yourself early on, get a sense of, uh, especially if you're a team like FPC where there has been so much turnover and and you're not sure about what you got at every position. Uh, and I'm not sure uh, if they've really established who the starting quarterback is going to be with FPC. And, yeah, that's that's fascinating uh, to see if St. Augustine is on a collision course with Mainland because as, as long as I've been here, Mainland has been the standard, and, and you always kind of measure yourself to what that team is doing. And it's it's good to see that Coach Rowland has uh, gone back to, to – uh, his alma mater and and been able to continue that tradition of excellence after what he did here with FPC. So um, with the, you know, I, I think my most memorable season with the Bulldogs is with coach Roland in that undefeated regular season and the home playoff game. That was a fantastic season. So uh, you knew he was going to have, and, and mainland, they always seem to have great players uh, at the skills position. So you knew that, that he was going to have a shot at, at having a good program there. And, and yeah, St. Augustine up and coming. So, Man, that, that's going to be uh, a, a confrontation that if you're a fan of, of, of local high, high school football, 
it's the 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 Friday night lights aren't going to get any brighter than that. Those are the probably the two top teams in the area for sure. I would think so, and you know we'll have a chance to get a look at both of them at some point in the season. Rich, you said you've been out of the driving range lately. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm trying to be consistent with it. I'm working on my swing, Mike. You know, uh, that's that's the developmental stage here. Uh, where uh, I'm trying to, to get consistency on the swing because some of them go straight and far, some of them not so much, you know. So I would say right now I'm at 60-40, 60 good, 40 bad. So we're still working on it, Mike, and I'm not letting that, that strong sun defeat me. I got to stay consistent and get good at this. I want to I wanna at least get uh, uh, to, to the point where I can actually play a game here. So when you're out of Palm Harbor, some days you'll notice the Matanzas golf teams out there. But as you alluded to with the heat, some days you'll, you won't. Earlier this week, I was in touch with Brandy Allred. She is the ladies golf coach at Matanzas and Alexandra Gazzoli, their super talented golfer. Um, and practice had been canceled a couple days this week because of the extreme heat. You know, when the heat index gets up around 110, it's not safe to be outside. So, but she's very excited. I talked to Brandy Allred. She's very excited about her team. Her daughter Zoe's on the team. And she talked a lot about Alexandra Gazzoli. And Alexandra Gazzoli is the defending state champion in Class 2S, and she was the runner-up in Class 2S the year before that. And she won the Florida Women's Amateur. And if you're not a big golf fan, the biggest tournament of the year in each state is the state amateur, the men's amateur and the women's amateur, because this is where if you're obviously not a professional, you go to showcase your game. But the track record of golfers who win an amateur in their state and go on to compete professionally and go on to compete at the college level, it, there's a direct correlation between the two. So Alexandra Gazzoli, at 17 years old, shot two under par in a 54-hole event and one on the second playoff hole. No pressure. She's this is again, this is not a high school tournament, although she just won those, as we said, she won one of those too. This is the premier tournament in the state of Florida. Wow. And she was able to win. Um, so there's a lot of excitement going into golf season. You know, golf season ends and then we get running with football, and then actual high school golf season starts in the fall, which is kind of strange because it gets cooler and the daylight goes away. But there's a lot of excitement tries to defend their district championship. And I caught up with Coach Brandy Allred to talk about her team this year. Coach, I appreciate you joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about the team this year. So obviously we have Alexandra Gazzoli, who won state last year um, at the 2A state championship. And I also coach my daughter, uh, Zoe Allred, and she's our number two golfer right behind Alexandra. And then I have some other fabulous players that we have following those two. How has fall practice been so far? Well, today we didn't get to play very much. Um, so we just got started, but we didn't get to play because of the wet bulb temperature. So Florida High School State Association only lets you play at a certain range, which makes sense for the safety of the athlete. And we had to cancel practice because the wet bulb temperature was too high. That is definitely understandable. What does a typical practice session look like? 
So usually how I do practice is I have 10 girls this year on the team. I usually have about eight that I actually play and I rotate the bottom two spots. And then I usually bring on two freshmen who may be new to golf but are interested and have some athletic ability. And then most of the time they don't get to play unless they're outstanding, obviously. And then I put them in the lineup. But how I run practice is we always start on the putting green. I feel like our short game is the most important. So I spend a lot of time on short game, putting and chipping. And then we usually let the boys go to the range first because they just like to. And then I divide them up usually in two groups and flip-flop. And then we all go to the range together and then work our way down the line to tweak their swings. What are you building on from last year with your team? I am building on Alexander's win. We have won districts five times. So my prayer and hope is that we win district again, which we should have a solid team that we should be able to to accomplish that. That's my goal this year. I would love to see our team go to state as as a team, but Alexandra has been, her and I have gone to state for the, the past few years with just her and I. Now, Alexandra Gazzoli, state champion, won the Florida Women's Amateur this past summer. A singular talent. What's it like to have a player like that on the team? She brings so much confidence to the team and so much admiration. She brings so much talent that the girls can actually get to know her. And I even resort to her on certain things because she is playing high-level golf and eventually wants to become a pro golfer. And just to bring her talent and the girls can look up to her and learn from her is so important. And how does that lift the team? Do you think they pick up a lot of things, a lot of habits, a lot of practice methods, just playing style? What do you think they pick up from her? I think they pick up on her work ethic. I think that is very, very important. But I also think that they pick up on watching her and mimicking her on how she approaches the ball, just little tricks that she does when she is putting, how she stands behind the ball, or if she's chipping, she marks out her yardage and goes back. And so she's able to teach some of those, I wouldn't call them tricks, but just habits that she's, good habits that she's developed and to be able to pass on to the younger and not as experienced athletes that I have. I feel like I could learn a lot from her. The way I play right now, if I get one par, then I've had a good day. You aren't kidding. I'm about the same. So don't let me fool you just because I've, been coaching these athletes doesn't mean that I'm as good at golf as they are. So let's talk about that a little bit, though. How did you get started in golf? When I decided that I was going to become our high school golf coach, I knew that from me being at Matanzas High School, I had seen some coaches that had come through, and they and not just our coaches, other coaches as well. Some of them just came out there because they wanted to play golf, and they knew they're like, ah, I'll just play golf with the girls. This is great. I get my golf game in. And I knew my daughter would be coming up, and at the time, I think she was in sixth grade, and. I knew I did not want that for her. I didn't want someone to go out there and just fill a spot. So I learned everything I could about golf. I had already been playing a little bit, but I learned everything I could. I got books. I got videos. I looked up our practice plans, and that's kind of how I started and built the team that we have now. And how rewarding has that experience been for you? It is so much fun. I love getting to know the girls, and I love being able to see them advance and to see them become starting honestly as children, which they still are children, but seeing them start as children and then to become women by the time they graduate. For example, Alexandra, when she first came to me, she was shy and she is an introverted girl. And to see her now, when she went on her college visits, she went by herself without her parents, flew, did everything by herself and has just become such a leader on the team. What's it like getting to coach your daughter? Oh, we have, just like anybody coaching their own children, we have good days and <laughs> and bad days. But 
Um, she's going to be a junior this year. So since she's going to be a junior, her maturity level has definitely increased and has definitely grown and her and I have grown together. So we respect and she understands and that I actually do know something, <laughs> which most you know teenagers don't think their parents know anything. Well, I've got a 14-year-old daughter who's a freshman, and so I, I'm well aware that I don't know anything. She reminds me <laughs> yeah, often. Yes, yes, of course, even though we, we do know something. With the first match of the season coming up, how do you feel about where your team is at this point? I feel our team is uh, pretty solid. We definitely have a good group of girls, and I expect us to do well and win most of our matches this season. So our first match is actually at home the 24th of August versus um, Pedro Menendez and St. Augustine, where your daughter is going to school. I couldn't get her to go play golf, though. I've been trying. Um, yes, I completely get it. Sometimes our wishes do not match up to what actually happens. I completely understand that. So, Coach, what are you most excited for this season? I'm most excited to see. I have a bunch of girls that are going to be graduating this year, so I'm most excited to see how far they have come. And um, I'm most excited to see and know the Alexandra winning state again to be a two-time state champion. Well, she's certainly proven that her game is only getting better. Yeah, she showed last month at the Florida Women's Amateur. What does that say about her to go out and win a tournament, not against just her peers in high school, but some of the best golfers in one of the toughest golfing states? Absolutely. So I just see her confidence as an athlete and as a golfer has tremendously increased. Once you win, I think that becomes such a great habit, you know, so now she even knows how to win even more than she has for smaller competitions. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck this year. Thank you very much, and thank you for having us. All right, there she is, Matanzas Ladies Golf Coach Brandy Allred. Great interview, Mike. Um, so many things to unpack there, and one of them, I think an interesting aspect of, of your interview with Allred is the idea of, of having – a great a great player like that on your team and really at this level when you have someone as you mentioned how important that that uh, amateur competition is it's almost like here locally having a lebron james on your team right that there's this person is better than 95 percent of the golfers you're going to come into contact with all year long and she's on your team what type of things do you get from that kind of player when you're working with them every day? And she talked about work, eth uh, work ethic and things like that. So um, I thought that was pretty great, uh, the idea of, of playing with another great player and how they can make you better. Um, so it must be I, – I wonder if there's a kind of an intimidation factor as well when you're playing with someone that good. I'm sure there can be because I'm sure a lot of the golfers at other schools – know exactly who is stepping up to the tee. She talked about her walking off her chips, and I said, you know what? That makes so much sense. Why don't I do that? Oh, because I'm terrible at golf. <laughs> She's going places. Alexandra is committed to Florida State. I did get a chance to catch up with her. Um, we may have that interview available next week. Um, that'll be to be determined, but I was able to talk to her, and I honestly could have talked to her for an hour, an hour and a half, because I'm a golf nerd. I, I, I asked her some questions, like, have you had a hole-in-one, and things like that. But I wanted to ask her, what kind of equipment are you using? You know, what courses do you like to play? I could have sat there and talked to her for an hour. And it's exciting to have a player of that caliber in any sport. She's on the, I, she's definitely on track to be an LPGA pro. And, you know, just to talk to her and 
you know, I said, Gazzoli, that's Italian, right? And she said, yes. And of course, me being Italian, I said, that explains the greatness. And <laughs> we talked about that. And her favorite golfer of all time is Michelle Wee, who I've always been a big fan of. Big Wheezy, as she was once known, just an awesome golfer. And talked about how she approaches, you know, the game in general. And she so she brings a lot. And I think there's a lot to be said. And, you know, Coach Allred alluded to it, you know, that her golf game, is not where Alexandra's is because very few of us are. I mean, she is without doubt. She has the trophy that says it. she's the best women's golfer in the state. Wow. So having somebody like that can only be a benefit. And, you know, to talk to people around her, you know, they love having her and they love her as a teammate and she loves her teammates. And so it's been an overwhelmingly positive experience. And she talks about, when I talked to Alexandra, she said one of her biggest disappointments was going to state on her own as an individual and not with her team. So there's a bond there and there's it's a lot of things going on at the ship, Rich, and a lot of things to be excited about. You know, uh, Coach Forrest says I'm putting a target on their back because I've talked <laughs> about the football team. And I told him, I said, you should see what I'm telling everybody about Coach Robinson's team because I feel really good about their basketball team. And then of course Matanzas wrestling is on the rise and we, we we have we expect big things from the Matanzas golf team this season as well. So a lot of things happening at the ship. Oh, yeah, and sometimes you try to limit expectations when there ex- there's excitement. But I'm sure in the back of his mind, Coach Forrest, he, he knows he has something there, and he's pretty excited about what the season might bring. When you get a, a guy, I'm, I'm interesting, when you, when you get a, a golfer of that caliber on the phone, or if, if I were to get like a, a Tiger Woods on the phone and we were texting back and forth, as an as amateur golfer yourself, Mike, what are the most important questions? Is, is it something or is it the gear? You know, what, what kind of gear you're using? What kind of clubs? Like if you if you had a Tiger Woods in the room, what would be maybe the top couple of questions that you would ask a great golfer that you think could have an impact on your game? I think it starts with the short game because Tiger Woods has talked about it a lot of times. That, you know, he taught his son the game of golf from the tee, from the green back. So he taught him putting and then chipping and then started to work on hitting irons and started work on hitting driver because that's where you score is you score near the holes. And now Alexandra, when I talked to her, said her best part of her game is her ball striking. And obviously you have to strike the, it, the golf game gets easier as you put the ball in play, but you're still not going to be on the green every time. You still got to hit chips. You got to make putts. There's a lot of pressure on you when you're making putts. And Alexandra went into a playoff hole and won two playoff holes. They tied on the first one, and she won on the second one. And it just shows that the it, the ability to play under pressure is important too because most people will say that the, the longest six inches, six inches in golf is between the ears. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen that from her, and I think that's what I would ask is, you know, how do you put yourself in that moment? Because that's what I say about my golf game is I'm a terrible golfer mostly because I'm mentally weak. Mm. Yeah, but the pressure gets to you. I think right now what's getting to me is just the consistency, uh, trying to find consistency in a swing. You know, you have it, you have it, then you lose it. But, yeah, it, it seems like one of those games that's so mentally tough, like a baseball uh, type of sport. So Because there's just so much time between, uh, you know, uh, between hitting the ball and, and waiting. There's a lot of waiting. Suspended stress. You know, you got to wait and wait and wait for your chance to bat up for the ball to get to you uh, for your next opportunity to hit the ball. So, um, yeah, I can see how golf can be mentally tough, but 
It hey. sounds like the bug's gotten you, Rich. Oh yeah, no, I'm 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 having fun getting out there. It's a good thing to do. And uh, yeah, my, I expect to uh, one day win the amateur championship in Florida as well. So I have high expectations on myself, Mike. You know, high uh, high aspirations. So um, <laughs> maybe well, if you day. see Alexandra on the Palm Harbor Range, you might want to go ask her about seven thousand questions, like I wanted to. <laughs> oh, she'll she'll laugh at me every time I get out on the range. There's at least one dude that's got to tell me how bad I am. You know, well, what you got to do is this, and, and, and like I appreciate that, but. Uh, can, can I just uh, stand here and concentrate a little bit there? Uh, everybody has advice. You know what I mean, Mike? It's, and I'm open to all advice, but, but sometimes you're just trying to hit the ball in peace. Is, is well, that too much to, to ask? <laughs> sometimes it is, but you'll get to a point where your friends and loved ones will give up on you. None of my friends <laughs> give me tips. None of my relatives give me tips anymore. You know, they help Michael along, which is good because I'm terrible at golf. I don't try to teach my son anything. You know, I might say, you know, you know, hold your grip a certain way, but I'm not giving him swing tips because what am I going to teach him? I suck at golf. He, 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 what's he learn from me? He's probably already better than me. Well, you know, I, as long as I get, like I said in, in the interview, as long as I get one par in a round, you know, and I got a par on number 17 at Grand Reserve last week, I got a number, a par on number four. Um, five at Palm Harbor a couple weeks before that. And so as long as I get one par in a round, I, I feel pretty good about it. That's got to pump you up. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Oh, man, I, I want to get out there and play an actual game. You said the short game so important. I am a, I will ha let you know, Mike, I am a prolific mini golf player with two career hole-in-ones. So uh, I'll just throw that, which means I'm already on, on track to become a great golfer. <laughs> Well, at some point, we'll be terrorizing the golf courses of Flatley County, no doubt. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There are a lot of games in the future, my friend, a lot of games. And a lot of games coming up here on WNZF High School Football, the Jacksonville Jaguars, a little less than a month away. That's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. We'll see you next time, Flagler County.